Shit, so um, it's been a long time coming. Yes, finally got to meet you on election night. Yeah, on pro the whole Prop B thing. Um, why'd you get involved with all this? Well, um, I, I mean, I don't know how far back you want me to go into my own professional career or just what was happening and what I saw in Austin. Um, you know, I'm a former probation officer, and I've worked in social services. My really? Okay. I didn't know that you were a PO. Yes, I was. I worked with kids, though. I, I chose to work with kids because I think the most impact you can make is with children. Children are impressionable, and I think if you get them at the right age, you can definitely... Yeah. Also, you know, whatever happens to you before you're 18 kind of usually goes away. Yes, that's kind so, of, but there's some where... Unless you commit, like, murder or you right, rape somebody, you do right, something, something really real bad, serious. right? But, like, for the, the but also sex offenders, they even even though you would think that's not a murder, they still, their their records follow them well, because yeah, it's a safety risk. Well, yeah, that's like assault, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean... But generally speaking, it's like if you're, um, you know, if you're a kid, you could... It's almost like you have an unlimited... Pool a grace period. Of, yeah, you have a, you have a, just an unlimited grace period to just fuck up as much as possible until you figure it out, right? Yeah, I mean um, there are we we see them as children that um, they they have different things at play, you know, their environment, their own societal pressures, their and immaturity. I, and so. I think that's good. I, yeah, I think that's a good definitely. thing that you give um, kids the grace period, and there's still consequences, but it's not like life altering consequences. Like I, I used no. to sub in AIC, and I was like at ALC and whatnot, and like. A lot of these kids, they just got caught smoking weed at whatever school they were at, and then they got sent to this stupid little program that they had to do for X amount of time, right? Or they got into a fight with some kid because they're, like, teenagers, and that's just what happens when right. people are that age. You know, like, a lot of it wasn't too, too big of a deal, but you got to do something um, as a society to um, do whatever you can to stop these people from falling down, like, a really bad path, right? Because, like, a lot of today's homeless could have been yesterday's kids that were your probation class. That's right. That's right. And they were. We have a lot. Um, it's not talked a lot, but a lot of foster children make up probations across the country uh, are on probation. And um, after they some of the people that were most impactful in their lives were probation officers. That, that was basically their their source of uh, support uh, and our resources that we have, because in probation, especially in the juvenile probation, it's you, you're seen as a social worker, but also are someone that's making sure that they comply with judge orders. Um, but all of the, even the orders, it's a bifurcated process where we want them to 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 obey the law, but we also recognize there that they're children and they need support. Yeah. So I was a probation officer, but I also grew up in South Dallas, one of the poorest areas. My my best friend was shot in the back. Okay. When I was growing up, so I've always been in environments where uh, either poverty, crime, uh, being me being Mexican, I, I've always been in, entrenched in the, in these issues. And what I was noticing in South Austin, where we live, uh, like ten minutes away from where our home is, there were encampments popping up everywhere, and it was predominantly in a Hispanic majority community with Hispanic three major, Hispanic majority schools right immediately next to it and I was like oh wow why is this happening here and where is this council member why are they not making sure that these kids aren't seeing the things that they're seeing so I held a city council meeting uh, where I invited Pio Renteria and Ann Kitchen. They ignored several requests. Um, and at that meeting, I heard from a lot of parents who told horrific stories. I mean, I don't want to get into graphic, but it's the most graphic things that no child anywhere in Austin should not have to deal with. And it wasn't like that before June 2019. And um, I talked to them. I'm a big time Democrat activists are you I've, still involved with that or, or like has like the way the I party's gone more, kind of made you want to change a little yeah i think more i'm more on the national like i definitely have i i'm i'm solid left but locally i've seen that we've gone to the extreme left and it's scary because i think if you talk to austin you know they don't veer extreme left but right now the loud loud people like greg Kassar, chris harris they they have they have had the conversation the floor too long and what that little Twitter battle we had yesterday. Yeah, so I have I want to talk about that in a minute, but one of the things I talked about when I like when I briefly ran for city council is the fact that I thought that um, you should like have the um, kids who get sent to ALC or kids who do like stupid juvenile crimes, you should just make them clean up homeless camps um, in order to eat like get off probation or right. like, you know, 
uh, minimize their time in these right. alternative right. education programs. And it does like a couple of things, right? Like A, it um, removes a lot of the trash and the garbage from the street, right? right? And B, it shows these kids like, hey man, I better get my shit together. That's Otherwise right. I'll end up like that. So it's just right. like, you want to yeah. deter this as much as possible. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And the problem, you know, when you go too extreme left is where I can already hear the, con oh, the liability, you know, you don't want to, but like, you know, you definitely want to have a little bit of tough love. And I guess that's a part of me that isn't the extreme left is that because I, I grew up poor, I was a probation officer. I can see a lot of sides to this, that sometimes you do need tough love. Sometimes you do need to have children um, uh, shown the consequences of poor decisions. And also sometimes it's societal failures. You know, there, there is that whole uh, school. There, there's a lot of society. There's a school to prison pipeline. Yeah, all you that. Know, there's um, the fact that in certain schools, you know, cops are more likely to pat kids down for weapons or like send kids away in handcuffs for yelling at a teacher and acting up than in another school. Right, exactly you know what I mean? right. You and also more special ed. To, yeah, like, yeah. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you yeah. this. So uh, another thing that I'm really entrenched in is special ed services and how like it, the, the rescue plan. Right now, there are there is a shortage of special ed uh, testing for AISD. No one is talking about this. It's not getting the attention because homeless issues have and the pandemic have taken all of the attention. Okay. But if you're not addressing special ed needs for children of color or children overall, where are these children going to go to uh, they, I mean, that, that's the future hop, homeless yeah, population, exactly and that, right. that just means that, like, you know, the um, big nonprofits get more and more money funneled to them because they got a future generation of people that's that they right. got to take care of, right? So it's And that's a huge concern for me right now, and uh, I've talked to principals all over AISD that have talked, hey, we we cannot meet the demand of, of the, the special ed needs, and that's really concerning. Yeah, it's it's pretty scary. I, I think that um, what's been the most troubling about this whole thing is that um, – you have the the, the uh, this really loud vocal side that's right. um, that doesn't want to make any kind of compromises that's or right. concessions in any capacity. You know, so it's like um, when I had Lowy on, Lowy said, "Listen, man, like there should be places where they can camp and places where they can't camp, but you got to enforce where they can't do it." Right. And by Lowy even saying that, it's turned around to, "Oh, you hate poor people." I know. And, and that's what's making people really frustrated, and that's what's turning people off, yeah. and that's what's making a lot of people, probably myself included, which one of the factors, right, that said, you know what, I don't care. I'm voting for Prop B. This is just too much. Like, these people are um, – it's good that they have – that, you know, look, these people have, have been disenfranchised. You know, the Chris Harris's and the Kassars and those people, they've never been listened to for a long time. So I think it's good to get all those voices heard. But it's like this is just becoming an abuse of power in terms Absolutely. of how you're utilizing that voice, and so you got to check that. That's right. Yeah, I think that's the that's the fundamental problem is people. There's a lot of centrists, you know, in Austin. There's a lot of liberals in Austin, but in the end, this just went way too far for people. And you really, if you look at the exit polling, how do you get 40% of Democrats in a city like this to vote for for Prop B? It's just because they feel completely unheard and they realize that there isn't another plan in place. If they don't vote yes, this just goes on ad infinitum. Yeah, and it still could go on. It still actually could go on at ad infinitum. Yeah, definitely can. Um, learning that. I, I don't. So, what do you think is going to happen now that this has passed? So, I mean, we also have the state. You know, okay, they have the the state camping ban. Sure, it's but what do you think is going to happen week. in Austin? Right. Um, right now. Realistically, considering who our DA is, all that stuff. Like, what do you think is actually going to happen? I do believe uh, there will be campgrounds, and I I believe that because I will not rest until that happens. Right now, the 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 they were in. I was saying earlier that they were in minority, uh, low income, working class family uh, neighborhoods. These encampments. I had talked to a couple Democrats, and I was like, "Hey, I need your support. We need to call the council and say, why are you not finding safe places for them?" And the guy told me. I recorded him doing this too. He said, "You know, I'd rather them be there than in the in the woods and." I'm like, but they're in. They're next to children. Why are you? We're we're Democrats. We should care and 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 know that these people need uh need help. They need resources. We need to put them somewhere now. And he said, Oh, I don't have time for that. Like, so basically, they basically told me. Wait, who who's they? Who's who's they? When you who did was, you speak it to? Was, it was. And when did this happen? Because that, that's a big like. That's pretty big. Uh, yeah. Thing to say, right? So like, let's just get like who who it was, was they a Travis Country. Uh, Democrats. It's the largest Democratic base right, in but did Austin. Right. Remember who you spoke to? Did you remember I do. I do remember, and I'm not going to say I'm not going to put on blast, but I recorded because I I, 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 I showed to me what I'm up against. These are NIMBYs. 
These are people who do not want them in Travis Country and Circle C. In, and these in are all the Travis these, County Democrats. That these, when you yeah. said, "Hey, were we?" Um, one of them, not all of them. Okay, it was just so, one person in general. Did the Travis? Did the Travis County Democrats not support the encampments and want like want? To I, I don't understand how anybody can support. I know, but in this 2019, inhumane. in 2019, when this when this when this happened, and then when you saw everything leading up to Prop B, you saw like the Travis County Democrats saying, "Hey, vote no on Prop B." Like, right. You saw that. Right. So now, to call them NIMBY seems a little odd. That's why I want to clarify that. I want what I want to say is that now we're seeing the the city council today a few minutes ago released okay. the places. One of them is Circle C, and there's other places all scattered through Austin. Now I'm I'm going to be interested to hear what all of these people that were pro or for camp anywhere you want, Democrats, where they were against. Is there going to be a backlash where they're going to be like, oh, but I don't want this campground here. But you were okay with them being in low-income, working-class, community of color. These these encampments are not near my home. They're I don't not near my home, home either. Yeah. So so this is not this has never impacted me directly, but it does impact me that no one is is raising a stink that it's they're allowing this but to happen. Cleo, would you areas. want one in your home? An encampment, if they were, if if the city council had, uh, if they were at least three miles away from children where common places places where children are that is school parks playgrounds they are registered sex offenders in these encampments i agree yeah okay I agree, so yeah. they should not be around children that's number one that's a non-negotiable of course no okay. that, that, that that's um self-explanatory number two yeah, self-explanatory okay. number two there should be police officers there we should have some type of order going on not chaos because women right now homeless women are victimized and raped daily in these encampments daily this is not hyperbole this is actually happening if you talk to homeless and I hope, I'm sure you have this is happening to them they will just because Chris Harris thinks he is advocating for homeless how you could think you're advocating for allowing the inhumane conditions that they've been subjected to because the council didn't have a plan and say I'm gonna I, I would prefer that than safe campgrounds because he Chris Harris has said he doesn't support. Yeah, sure. I, I did hear that from him. But, but what, what else? Because that, that, these are all okay. very good points. Okay, so that the police, we need to have them safe. Women in these encampments need to be safe. That is a priority for me as a woman. And uh, the next thing is any place that they choose to put uh, in anybody's area or whatever, the council member needs to visit and actually see the location and speak to the community around I like that. There needs to be a gained trust in that. Okay, how frequently should that council member be in the at, community? Well, at least in the beginning because it's... No, it but is, how frequently per week? How many times per month? Like, how frequently All right, should... I'll tell you what the mayor said to us. Do you remember what he said? He said he would come as much as he needed when he wanted to put a shelter immediately a 0.5 miles from a Hispanic school. He told. He looked me in my eyes and said... We will come as much as you need to make sure that this shelter at that time, which didn't happen, will is operating, is safe. Uh, that, you know, for me, it was the loitering or or having uh, people who are, are questionable in you know crime or not around children. That yeah. shouldn't happen because yeah, yeah. West Austin wouldn't tolerate that. Travis Country wouldn't have tolerated because that's one of the questions I asked the Travis County Democrat. Would you allow a shelter immediately next to you and your children? He said, no, absolutely not. I'm like, well, why are you okay with this happening in a predominantly Hispanic uh, school? And he didn't. Have, he said, oh, well, I, I'm not, but you know, sure, pick, sure, my, bottle, pick sure. my battles. But how many times a week, um, with that being said, now that um, Prop B is passed, how many times a week should once they... A week. Once a week, right? At least, yeah, okay. once a week. All right, I just wanted to get a time frame in terms of how they should visit so that we... Uh, yeah. about the housing first strategy? Like, if you think about the housing first strategy, which is what ECHO and the city council endorses, these people do not have to have comply with drug treatment. They do not have to have drug testing. Um, the only thing that they, housing first requires is that you're in the, you have a home and that you will be there. That's it. That's a so, pretty shitty. That's a pretty silly so model. So, what kind of neighborhood is going to want that a shelter that that is that like has that? no rules? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, no neighborhood rules. would want a shelter with no rules. But if you had a shelter in place, right, where you had a police officer, you were um, far enough away from kids in the school. And let's say, God forbid, even if you weren't, right? If you had police officers and if you had vocational training and if you said, well, you have to pass this drug test in order to, um, and, and it's not even for weed, just for like the hard drugs and stuff like that. Like you have to pass drug tests for hard drugs in order to. Um, be able to stay there. I think, yeah, if you had like some rules and requirements and, and people were actively trying to get jobs and improve their positions in life, I would be down for it. Right. Um, the one thing I would say though, that, and this is in defense that being three miles away from a school, right. is that like, let's say um, some of these guys don't want to be a part of it. They could still hang out or loiter near that, in that area and 
you know, and that could really be harmful to people in the neighborhood and stuff like that, or families. So yeah, I think three miles from school. But you don't prevent that no matter what you do. They can do that today. They're doing that now. Bottom line, this all comes down to. But there's a whole bunch of encampments. What do you think about the encampments they got set up for right now? The one at the state. You just sent me. No, you just sent me a whole bunch of things Uh, on Twitter. Right. So that. That is uh, proposed locations, you know, it's, there, it still needs to be fleshed out which ones are viable and have access to services. But the city council cannot use the weak excuse that, oh, well, they're not going to have the services. Well, they don't have any services. For two years, they've been without services, without water, without toilets, in inhumane conditions. So, and you can bus, you are the city mayor, you can bus them to certain services if they need that to job training and a successful location like Haven for Hope in in San Antonio uh, they have a courtyard for whoever's not ready to actually commit to job training to all the services they have in their facilities because they have them all immediately next to each other so people who just need a safe place with security are able to be in in Haven for Hope the courtyard so why we haven't even followed that model I I don't understand I mean to have a city manager and no homeless strategy officer in June 2019 to not have a viable plan, it it it, it is infuriating that not e- not even Chris Harris or or his ilk did not put the pressure on the city council to to demand that for the for the homeless themselves if they care for them. Well, I think that everything that's happening right now, um, either by like design, either either deliberately or just by accident or people being out of touch. I think that what's happening is, is going to cause in the next few years uh, America to become an extremely right-wing nation. It's, it's yeah, that, I mean, that's that's what I think is going to happen, and I think that like, you know, I really don't want yeah. that to be the case. I yeah, I mean, that's I, one of the biggest di- things that happened here. If you look at people's attitudes towards the homeless, has this helped or hurt? I mean, I think we all know it's hurt. Yeah. People people do not have. They look at this now. What you could argue on one side to say, well, all, the only reason it's hurt is because they've now seen the truth. If you if you basically you know, already believe that you're like, well, you know, I could have told you that, but I, I don't think it's been helpful. And at the end of the day, if the city, uh, you know, chooses encampment sites and they don't enforce the law around those sites such that they become dangerous, it make people feel unsafe, chaos. It'll, ju- it's not going to go well with voters. We're going to, we're going to do this again and again and again and again and again because at the end of the day, you you cannot allow a small segment of the population to get that. away with, you know, traumatizing other people yeah and think voters are just gonna although big that. nonprofits are going to do really well from it because the, the more you see this stuff the greater you're going to get in funded the greater dollars you're going to get in funding to help deal with that situation right i mean until so, voters just decide they're done and then yeah they're, and, and then and then you make the situation even worse for the homeless the because council, you just create a sentiment of anti-homelessness yeah, right. where nobody's helping anybody and you make and these people worse and more violent and we become more divisive and we're less cooperative as a people so this is it's dangerous man with the way it's being the, done the, it's yeah, the, the problem right now is the council's it's a one-trick pony I think voters will get tired of this. I think they will vote some more centrists onto the council. I don't ever expect to see, or at least not anytime soon, the Austin City Council to be, you know, bleeding red. Yeah, I don't think so. But, I, don't, uh, I don't want that to happen either. Right? But I, I believe there's plenty of room on the council for some centrists, people who are solution-oriented and not really motivated by, you know, dogma. But it's going to make the state a lot more red. This is going to make the state a lot. What, what, what Austin's doing and the way Austin's doing what they're doing is going to make Texas a lot more red. If you right. just looked at what happened in this past yeah. election, yeah, it was a it, disaster for Democrats. What was yeah, the yeah, basically, yes. yeah, what was the backlash <laughs> for Obama when he was elected? We have Trump. Like, there will always be a backlash to everything. People, voters will decide, you know, at the end of the day on everything. No, I, I'm, this is 100% true. Yeah. What, what do you think about Ryan's article? Uh, oh, um, so Ryan's article about the funding, right? Yeah. So I, I just feel that it's an election campaign. I mean, if you're going to ask uh, questions about how the Prop B supporters, like, it's legitimate that business owners have a vested interest in, in, a, in, a, in protecting the the safety of their employees and also customers and if they're not safe of course I would do the same I would have paid 10 times if I had money to do that um, but you you look at the mayoral ca- campaign for uh, for uh, Mayor Adler 2014 it was 1.2 million and 2018 was probably almost as much if yeah. not more yeah so why don't we look at a, a progressive candidate why don't we look where his uh, revenue source was he, he has vested interests people who, who supported his campaign and, and the Travis County DA had got extremely well funded. Yeah, extremely yeah. well funded. and got a ton of money from out of town. Um, but to, to Ryan's credit, though, Ryan does bring that up. 
Yes, he needs to. To Ryan, to Ryan's credit, so my, my take on Ryan's article is I think I think it was actually if you read the yes. if you actually read the article, the it was a really good article right. with an extremely inflammatory headline oh, to get as many purpose. people to read <laughs> the article and yeah. comment on it as possible. 100%, 100%. But what he he did a really good job of equally presenting both sides. Yeah. He talked about how Adler donated ten million um ten thousand dollars. I always confuse thousands and millions. I don't know why, but he, he can. He donated ten thousand dollars to Homes Not Handcuffs, um, right towards the end of the campaign, and he and he did a really good job of listing the concerns that people felt about the homeless. I think Ryan's article was really good, and I think he's got gotten a lot of hate and criticism from it. Um, it's a little bit unduly, and I think it's because of the headline, and the headline is probably getting people to not even read it. But I think yeah, I think you also got to ask yourself, it's not like the other side doesn't have an audience they do and it's not like the uh, the audience is a poor audience, yeah. the, a very large uh, you know number of progressives in this town have money yeah Th that's why we can afford to have these debates if we had no money we wouldn't be talking about what we could you know spending tens or hundreds of millions of dollars on homeless we have the money so you ask yourself why was there not more money and i think that's that's another side of the conflicted progressive position where you have progressives who are rooting for this sucker to pass, but on this, you know, one vote, they just couldn't bring themselves to vote yes. But you keep doing this, and they will. You yeah, know, we, we and, and I think it got a lot more money there. because people just didn't want to donate too. That's and that right. could have also that, been the that's case. Right. That's the withholding is, yeah, a, is a, a way of like voting they, with your that's, kind that of pocketbook. Is a, that is because Homes Not Handcuffs and all of these um, progressive organizations yeah. are actually really good at raising money. Absolutely. When they yeah. want Why to couldn't be good you raise money, money about this? It's because yeah, it's people didn't want people to donate didn't money. Want to. They're like, okay, I'm going to go and I, you made me feel guilty. I'm going to go vote no, but I'm not giving you any money. I mean, I think that's really. Or what I'll just goes say on. that I voted no, but yeah. I just won't vote. Yeah. yeah, or 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 it's like exactly. I'll support I'll support you with my silence. Is how like a lot of it. I that, think that, was. That's right, exactly. I mean, there was an interview somewhere, like right down here, in one of these restaurants, where there's a, a gentleman and a lady that were kind of business owners, and you know, she comes out and says, "Yeah, I think I'm going to have to vote yes." You're clearly, progressives clearly not happy about it, and he's like. I'm going to vote no, but basically I want this thing to It pass. was on Vice News, on yeah. Vice. I yeah, saw that. That's what I it was, that. yeah. I saw and that. I, I saw think that. You just you look at this whole thing and you know that anybody who is, who is trying to invest in this town, I'm not talking about people that are wealthy. I'm talking about small business owners who try to make something go here, many of whom are progressives, and they realize if this continues, we're in trouble. It's going to wreck the place. Yeah, so they, they don't know what to do. They, they I, I think I, th I think that there is um, there are a whole like there's not homeless people are not a monolith. That's right. No, and I think that there's a whole multitude of different types of people that become homeless. Yep, and I really do think that most of the people that are homeless are pretty cool. Like they're not bad people. Like they're they're chill. They're yeah. nice people. They're just down in their luck. They have some addictions. There's some mental stuff that's a little off. And the people that we complain about the most. It, the worst ones draw the loudest responses. That's, that's right. Um, that's right. And, and that's, what's un, that's what's unfortunate is that I, I really, it's frustrating what Mayor Adler and the council, city council has done because they've given the homeless uh, advocacy or, or the need for help. We, ha we all have a bad taste in our mouth now from yeah. it. Instead of actually truly, like we've housed homeless and refugee families, we support. And a lot of, and that's another thing that uh, Ryan did really great is that he said one of the big supporters also supports homeless agencies, like actually gives more money to homeless agencies. Which is so, good. Yeah, so it shows that Austin is very compassionate, but they're, they're, we're also not going to tolerate lawlessness and, on our streets. And, and I think that um, this would go a lot better if they, if, if how, if when it was presented, they did a better job of actually making us feel like we were involved in the process. That's like, right. Hey, man, everything that we're doing is contributing to getting these people off the streets. Like, they didn't really do no. that at all. And even with this home, these homeless encampments, I will bet almost any amount of money that nobody's getting a property tax break at the encampments near their neighborhood, right? Like, would right. you be surprised if nobody got a tax break? <laughs> right, so, right. of course, people are angry because you're paying more money for more services and you're getting um, a shittier product. Yeah, no, it, it's so it's if that's out, what's going to be the case, then you got they got to make their sacrifices too and lower the pro the property taxes. That's not going to happen. That's not gonna exactly. Happen. So the, why do you think people are going to feel? Yeah. Why do you think people are feeling this way? Like you pay more and more money yeah. to live next to a crackhead. Nobody yeah. want like, you know, it's like I grew up in New York and I, and I lived at home with my mom and dad until I was like 27 years old, right? Until I moved here. And I had no motivation. And I think part of the reason why I didn't really do well in New York is it was complete lack of motivation. Because no matter how hard I worked or no matter what I did or how much yeah. money I made, 
the best I was able to do is, you know, why am I going to pay um, $1,200 a month for one room yeah. in a closet next to a housing project where yeah. I have to worry about getting stabbed on my way yeah. home from the bar yeah. at, like, 2 it, in the morning? It, like, it doesn't make you want to get Yeah, it doesn't make you want to actually work and be a productive member of society in any capacity. Um, yeah. Now, so you, I think you said that, that homeless aren't monolith. I think you can also yeah. say the yes votes weren't monolithic either. Yeah, I agree. It's it's just it's, it's a variety of people who said this isn't working. We want something different. And I think we're going to we're now going to see if the city's willing to listen. And the, the city's create. unwillingness to listen and come up with middle grounds, at least in the past, and um, the unwillingness to, like, compromise or enforce basic rules um, and the unwillingness to um, work with people proactively on like their tax situation and rent and affordability is just as big, if not a bigger reason for this anti-homelessness stuff than the actual homeless. Yeah, I think that, you know, the other sad piece is there's, it's not like this is a new thing. Well, let's, Austin's going to, you know, blaze a trail here. We're going to try this new thing and see if it works. It, everybody already knows that it's been tried in numerous cities, numerous, and it's never ended well. So it, I don't think it leads to voters even having patience with this. It, it just, they already look at it and they're like, wait a minute, didn't they just try this in five other states, or five yeah, other cities? Don't work. we already know I, I don't, what happens? Yeah. Um, well, so what do you think is going to happen now that this thing, that Prop B passed? Like, what, what do you think is going to happen? Where, where do you well, see Austin? I think Austin? they will designate All locations. right, but where do, you, where do you see Austin, six, six months from now, where do you see um, us in terms of how our homeless situation is being addressed? Probably fighting over whether or not the city... So they're going to pick locations. I think that'll likely happen. I think the voters, they, they know the voters will insist. They're going to get people in those locations, and then they're going to have to make a decision. Are they going to enforce some semblance of rules that keep those locations from spiraling out of control or not? If they don't, we're going to be fighting about that. If they do, then, you know, I think some of the energy can go out of this. People, and they will have to ultimately have permanent housing that's the next big thing yeah. how many hundreds of millions we're going to spend on that i think you also got to be careful too um and it's that these act like the, the the housing activists right they need to actually um be good at compromising right like yeah. they can't yell and scream and, and complain when um a couple of rules start being enforced right because right? then it just it's just going to turn people off and get us to keep fighting with each other and then eventually it'll just nothing's going to get accomplished right yeah the, I, voters are not going to put up with okay we moved a, a group of people from under a bridge where there was aggressive behavior, and we put them in this location, and we still allow aggressive behavior. Absolutely. Not. I think by by having defined locations, there has to come with it an expectation of some level of, of decorum, and uh, you know it doesn't necessarily have to be puritanical, but it yeah. there's got to be. You cannot allow assaults. You cannot allow people her you know harassing women and children that just that just can't be or and, won't and you got to keep the homeless people safe that want to find housing and improve Correct. their lives and yep. i think that when it's too much like how it is it almost makes it harder yeah because now you're like oh shit i'm a lot i gotta always watch my back and look over my shoulder for this next homeless yep. guy trying to like right. take take my tent or take the bike i have or take yep. whatever it is i got like now i gotta look over my shoulder and watch out for this guy or if like a group right. of people notice that i'm actually that people are giving me money and helping me they're gonna just they're like the crabs in the barrel trying to bring you down yeah. So it, it's actually like almost hurtful. And then um, the, you got a lot of these people that have records and all that stuff, right? Like you don't think that like the way a campsite is set up is like jail where you have like right. the, the, the bot, like you have like the guy who runs the tent or like you have like some gangbangers that just come in there or whoever it is, right? That like, you know, tell the homeless like, hey, man, we need this, this and this right. from you in order to even have your tent here. Right. So are you saying about it unregulated or how it is right now? Where yeah. Like it's, it's so unsafe because you yeah. have people just preying on them constantly yep. and, and yeah. nobody's doing anything. And that's, that's right. So um, one of the things that when he and I met with the mayor a couple years ago and we talked about, you know, what we thought could help uh, safe campgrounds, but we also talked about the noncompliant. And the mayor, if you ever get to talk to the mayor or if anyone ever asks him, what is his plan for the noncompliant? Those who will do not want to go to a campground, those who do not want to go to shelter, do not, do not want to, to, to have any type of compliance with any order or rules what is his plan for that and there is none so those are that is the element that is causing the most havoc everywhere will you agree yeah the non-compliant yeah because so then you don't encourage anybody to actually follow the rules right right and will they move along to the next city to 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 cause havoc or you know where where are we going to go uh in, in addressing that severe need and 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 it's going to go against what you know these far left principles of just letting people live 
the way they want to live. You know, we cannot have that. That's anarchy. We have to have some, people have to conform a little, you know. A little bit, yeah, yeah. So, did you have something? No, same. You can't, at some point, if you have people who just refuse, I mean, they're basically setting up an option. If you believe the city's budget, you're going to have a toilet, you're going to have a shower, which you don't have today. You're going to have, they say, laundry. I mean, that's that's kind of the funniest line item in the budget that's thrown everybody for a loop. $75,000 for laundry. So you're talking about you've got your basic services. You can get up in the morning, you know, take a shit, take a shower, and put on a clean shirt, which you would think if you have an interest in, in getting on your feet, going to seek a job, or even, even if you can't get a job, even if you're panhandling, you would think that you'd present yourself, and that would no, be an actually, opportunity. No, actually, I think that if you look dirtier and, and more unhealthy and more yeah. unkempt, people are more looking to feel sorry for you and give you more money. Maybe so you think I so? actually, yeah. But I, but I think in the end, uh, you're I actually gonna, know so. That, 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 that is, yeah. That, that works? Yeah, that's what happens. Because I one time, like, gave some homeless guy, like, a jacket of mine that I wasn't going to wear anymore, and he's like, wasn't wearing it. I'm like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Like, I gave you this jacket. Why aren't you wearing it? And he's like, oh, shivering. And he's like, well, because I... No one's going to give me as much, any well, money if I have this jacket well, the, on. The like, interesting thing is, you wonder, post Prop B, post all this chaos, if that actually holds. I, I wonder how how generous people are being right now on, on the panhandling front. Um, you think they're being more generous? I suspect they're being less. I suspect they're tired of this, and they've gotten a good look at this. They're like, okay, we're, this yeah. is not... Enabling it. It's enabling. Yeah. But I think if, if you're presented with an option to have a, you know, a, a shower, a toilet... And, you know, a way to have clean clothes. A, a person who's interested in getting better is going to take, take the city up on that. And then you're going to have a population that just isn't. They're going to say, yeah, I, I want all that, but I'm not going to. That's not worth having to follow some rules. What are you going to do with those folks? You can't let them cause chaos. And uh, I think the city's going to have to draw a hard line. Which they're not going to do. Yeah. And we'll see. I doubt, I doubt they're going to do that. And, and what, do you think, what do you think the state's um, rule is going to do? Oh, um you know, I think it's, it's just going to be another arm of enforcement that we, we will have in September. Is if, if and it looks like it will pass in the Senate, this, it will come But you think it's actually going to really be enforced, especially with, like, our DA who's just going to drop everything anyway? Well, it's not only enforced, but I think it's also withholding budgets. You know, the state can withhold budgets. If they're not enforcing camping bans, then the state will not give them money. To, for services and, re, and not only with that but also with the police funding defunding it they will they will divert the money to state troopers or to state uh, law enforcement and you who wants state involved but this is what happens when you have uh, Austin not listening to what even our our president we our president president Biden he even wants more police on the streets he if you if you have more law enforcement that are trained, that are equipped, that have the uh, sensitivity training and all things, how can, if you talk to community of colors, another community of color, communities of, of color, color, yes, sorry, um, another thing that is not monolithic. There are there are friends of mine from all backgrounds who say we need police, we need policing, we need to be them to enforce the laws. We need it to be safe, but we we do not need to, to minimize what we what we already have 150 police. Uh, and, and also, if you don't set like tangible, actionable, and realistic goals for reform, um, all it does is just turn a po an entire police department against you. And say what you want, but the police departments are extremely powerful. Absolutely. And no amount of just regular defunding is going to help that. If anything, it's going to it's a backlash again. Yeah, and it's gonna and it's gonna actually. Um, cause more of that power to be abused that's right because listen man if i'm a police if i run a police union right um and i know that you know at least 20 million dollars of my budget is cut and at most 170 million dollars of my budget is cut and i see how people are are treating my officers how people are treating me even if some of that is justified because i'm sure some of it is right but even if that's some of, even if some of that is justified you know what i'm doing i'm telling my officers to take their sweet time when it comes to responding to cases you know, and then you got a DA like like Jose Garza, who's been more willing to prosecute cops than any DA in history. And not all of that's bad. Like if a cop's bad, like a bad person, a hazard to the job, you should prosecute them. I think that's good. But you still have that in place, and you have this guy who's um, giving the lowest number of sentences for criminals. Right. You have all this stuff in place. So like, if you're a police officer, you look at at all this stuff, right? Or if you're a police, you're head of a police union, or you're a police commissioner, you're like, man. This could really get bad for our officers. 
Um, this could cause a lot of crime to happen. And it's also pretty easy for us to facilitate that because, hey, we're understaffed. We can't respond as quickly. Hey, we're underfunded. We can't get there as fast. Hey, there's so many bureaucratic requirements now for how we respond to situations that we're just not going to respond. Or we're going we're gonna to try to minimize the situations where that response will even be warranted. And then all of a sudden, what do you get as a result of that? You yeah, get, well, more, I mean, you get I... more crime. You get more unrest. You get, more of, you get a lot more of these problems. And then you know what happens four years from now, two years from now, six years from now, eight years from now, whatever the time frame is when people get sick of it? Your budget skyrockets. Yeah, yeah. it's cyclical. And people have a, people vote for for their city leaders, but they vote for their state leaders too. And uh, the state's got a you know a heavy hand if it wants to. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think the city's going to have to enforce something. If it doesn't, it'll take it can do this for a while. But I think voters will will ultimately reject uh, people on the council. Um, we'll they see what have, happens in, in this cycle. Rejected. I think I think that they're going to have to probably do something smart. Otherwise, 2022 is going to be a rough year for a lot of these people. That, that's kind of what I think is is the fact that we have an election coming. We and, had Alter uh, who had a close runoff. And you know, Alter's cool, though. Alter's act, Alter never voted for um, Prop, to get replaced. Them, yeah. yeah, she she never voted to rescind it. She no, said but, there needs to be a plan of place. How did, how, did, you know, how did Kelly win at all in this city? Mm -hmm. It, it kind of tells you. How did Kenzie win? Yeah, yeah lockdowns, McKenzie, sorry. lockdowns, I think helped. Yeah. I think that lockdowns, I think that the civil unrest, I think that the rampant amount of homelessness that was predating that. Yeah, that, that's, that's my point is there, voters will get tired of things. And you think, well, it can't happen here. You know, we, we, the liberals will always win every seat. Well, well, Don, no, Zimmerman, they, they, Don Zimmerman almost got reelected. He lost by like 100 votes anyway, like to Flanagan four years wow. ago. So in 2016. So, I mean, it can happen. Voters, make it, make it, voters can again? decide. I don't, I don't want to. No. You didn't find it fun? But it also, <laughs> like you said to me, you, you shift the conversation. You know what I mean? You're able, if you're in the debate or, or... You get to talk about certain... I mean, yeah, I... Yeah, you I, bring topics to, that wouldn't be discussed before. I really hope I don't... Ha I really hope I don't. Because, like, it was... Cool. Mayor stuff was funny. Mm -hmm. City council stuff, things were a lot more different. And you had to get to try to do something. Right. Right? Um, but I really hope that, like, they get this shit together. And I hope that I'm in a good spot in life where I feel like I'm not as threatened by some of the actions of the city. Right. Like, I really hope it doesn't come down to me yeah. having to do that. And I um, think th 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I really don't want to. That's if the same for me that. is that now my life is being threatened or I was just a mom that was concerned for other children who were not safe. And now because of it's such an emotional thing in every part of this, you know, when I have... Uh, the mayor's press secretary liking a comment where they're disparaging comments about me, a mom, you know, it's like, wow, it's, it's getting real. Like it, it, it's just going to get worse. And there's not exactly a very unifying, it's not very unifying. No. It doesn't show that like you really want to listen to like the community because you got to listen to the people that disagree with you too to, um, a come up with the middle ground and B get these people to be quiet. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, if you're not willing to do that, yeah. then you're just gonna make this backlash even worse. I, yeah. I think with Save Elson now, we have we def I can't talk about it now, but we will have we have big plans coming up, and I think it's not over. And uh, I I wish I could talk about it. I think in in a couple of weeks, you know, it will you will see where we're what we're what we're thinking in the enforcement and also what we what we plan for the city. So, um, uh, I I I hope that you know. Um, everyone will continue to be invested in, in going to the city council meetings. The loudest people that were at the city council meetings were pro-homeless, camp anywhere you want people. But I think that the people that are most impacted are moms, communities, have to show up. The city council have to have their voices heard. Uh, and Because I think that's important because that's where the conversation goes. I um, fully agree. I fully agree. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot that's that's being said. I was I was trying to go on Twitter and I was trying to find um, the the Chris Harris thing. Yeah, I was trying to find that. I I, I you know I hope that he. Oh yeah, I invited. Okay, so I invited me. him on. I invited. I, okay, I, I good. Sent him a message and I invited him on. Uh, do y'all follow each other? I, he, I follow him. Oh, okay. I said, what did I say to him? I said, uh, yo, you have an open invitation to come on whenever you feel whenever you would like slash feel ready to. Um, I do my best to give everyone who comes on the utmost amount of respect, and we're all um, seen in this extremely biased narrative. And so, if there's any misinformation that you yeah. want to clarify, I really would love to listen to you. You have an open invitation to like clarify. 
that information, you know? So I, I, it was like an hour ago. It was right before I met you. Oh. Right? But I, I put that up there. And I'm just like, I'm yo, good. man, you can good, go talk good, to me good. if you want. Like, I want to listen. I would love like, to I got hear these that. concerns. Like, I want to ask you these questions, but I just want to listen to you talk, man. Yeah. Like, people think that, like, I had Alice Besides and Besides his husband. talking points. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I had Alice and Alter's husband on, and, and I, like, that guy gets so much shit from the people that we follow. Oh, wow. On Twitter, right? But he was, like, one of the coolest people I ever met. Right. Like, he was awesome. Like, he was great, and he was, like, really reasonable. And, you know, he may have disagreed with me on certain things. Right. But he engaged me in a discussion, was open to, like, middle grounds. He was open to, like, actually hearing what people have to say. Right. And, and we, that's we, that's what was so uh, disheartening to me is that one of the times, one of the 2 a.m. council me- meetings that we had with the mayor, somebody was booing Matt, you know, the Republican, in the audience, a lot of they were booing, and Mayor Adler was like, "Hey, we're not going to have that. You know, there's decorum. We need to respect the person speaking." And to see that his press secretary is liking comments that are, you know, derogatory, it, it it's like, what what kind of what kind of presence or what kind of role do you want to have in, in 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 restoring the faith and the trust that you should have with the people that you we've been affected by this? His, his press secretary is creating so much fodder. Yeah. just make fun of Adler. Like his press secretary is not doing Adler any yeah. any services whatsoever. Like that that press secretary is really not doing Adler any services. True. Um, what do you think of Adler? What do you think, Shay? Cuz I think You met him. Like what do you think of him? He seems like a reasonable person actually. I mean, I don't think we have any I, I don't personally. I, I, you know, I see him. Have any, I mean, of course he is. He had to get elected. But he I didn't I don't actually have any strong like uh, angst. angst about uh, Steve Adler. Um, I I almost feel like yeah I, I I don't know what his position actually is. I almost feel like he sort of uh, at some level got roped into something that was probably uh, not a very good idea, and maybe maybe he even had some reservations, but went with it, and uh, it's going to cost him potentially. But yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I, I do not actually have any belief at all. I know there's people who conspiracy theorists who think, oh, yeah, it's all a big plot. I don't. I don't think that 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 Steve Adler gets up in the morning and tries to figure out how he's gonna, you know, stick it to people who don't agree with him. Uh, you know, well, I don't for think citizens. That, I mean, but, maybe like the real estate, like his real estate interests, could be yeah. benefiting from it. Like there's there's that That's that right, right. talk about. But uh, yeah, I don't. So I don't follow that stuff. I don't know much about it. I mean, he's but he's obviously a wealthy the, man, the but land. I mean, does he? I, I really have a hard time believing that a person who's into real estate thinks that what's going on in Austin right now is a great thing. Well, I really it's great don't. for lowering the prices so you can buy up land. Buy land. But is he buying up land in these areas? Well, there was something That's about stream realty that I this heard about, but of... I can't like verify if it's factually accurate. But I, I heard yeah. from somebody that like a company called Stream Realty was buying up a ton of property downtown while things were being locked down. Oh, wow. And, and that's a company that he could be connected to. But like I said, this is not a statement of fact. It's just me. Yeah. It's just me going off of what I hear. It becomes um, really hard so to you know, prove um, any of this kind of stuff. Yeah, you need like real records and real auto launch yeah. and all that stuff. And you got to be careful with like spreading conspiracy theories yeah. without like being able to like document yeah. why that they might be true. I think I mean? most like, I of think the time in care- life, you got to be careful with that. I think most um, of the time, you don't need a conspiracy theory to explain what's going on. Most of the time, so I just don't. That's not how like I look at it. Like spreading a conspiracy theory about Mayor Adler is a lot different than spreading a conspiracy theory about Bill Gates. Right. <laughs> you know, like because yeah. you could like at Adler, you could speculate all you want, but there's no like hard data to conclude. There's not as much hard data, or not like I haven't seen any physical hard data to like, conclusively prove anything about him, right? But with like Bill Gates, you've seen pictures of him and Jeffrey Epstein. You've seen flight logs. You see Melinda Gates talking about the fact that him and Epstein had a close relationship there's a um, relationship that Epstein had with MIT and the science department and a whole bunch of scientists who were studying at MIT and who were connected to the NIH and right. all that stuff and, and so you can draw like cons- you can draw these these so, um, allegations based on some of some of this information but it's just you know th- that the information available to you at hand um, determines how you like view people right right and I think the what I when I talked to left centered people is we started sounding like a cult we're like we're just going to follow what the council has done no matter what and I, I have a problem with that because I think every no one has been served by what the city council did June 2019 not having a plan not having a homeless strategy officer uh, harmed everybody homeless included I would not trust any agency homeless uh, advocacy group that supports camp anywhere you want where they're living like they live in filth and squalor. I don't trust that judgment. 
No, I, I, I think a lot of people are, are um, in the same boat as you. Um, it, it's odd, though, the whole Adler thing. Like, I, for a while, I was super mad at him, man. Like, you know, especially lockdowns, all that stuff, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you got to take a step back and say, okay, well, luckily I made it all right. Yeah. Um, I'm doing fine. I'm okay. And I got this podcast, and I, I got something that I, like, that I grew, that allowed me to, like, grow, right? Or I have this new project that might not even be, might not be where it's at if Adler was actually good at his job. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so, so it's like, like how mad can you really be? It's like you almost owe this guy a debt of gratitude because like the incompetence that this guy and then the city displayed this past couple years, that's a big reason why I still have relevancy, man. Like, so it's like, how mad can you really be? Yeah, I mean, maybe and, like, just, under those circumstances, right? You're right. just like, damn, dude, you like did a really bad job of leading us through a pandemic in terms of like how people were met mentally, like from a mental health standpoint, you did a horrible job. Maybe like people's lives were protected because you told people to not go out or do anything, but, but the mental, travel. like, yeah. And then he went to, but like, but the, 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 in terms of like, um, spreading like vitriol and the mental health component of how you did this, yeah. uh, and the economic impact that, that this had on like small business owners and stuff like that, or people who are involved with small businesses and the lack of regard for that. Um, that's really bad, man. Like that that's really bad and like I honestly felt like and I still feel that I could have done a better job of leading us through a pandemic. Being somebody who drives this pedicab just based on how my like the fact that I'm so much better at communicating with people yeah. and that's understanding true. regular people than he is. Right. Yeah, I think that's maybe a, maybe a big Adler blind spot is he does not seem like he's well connected to ordinary people and and so And the people who have you, his ear like Chris Harris like it's, they, uh, are not representative of Austin. Um, yeah, they're not it's, ordinary it's, people. It's no. like, how often are you going to like bar like the barbecue spots? How often do you like go to Sam's Barbecue or go to like any like local fixtures where people have been around forever? Like, how often are you doing that? Like, well, not just go there. Do you have friends around and go that, to your local bar? Like, yeah, go to right. the bar that's not Trace. And, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. you're not doing that. So how do you even get? You have no. a, a social responsibility as a public official yeah. to go to places in your neighborhood to actually interact with these people. Like you, and I right. felt yeah. like you not doing that is and listen to what they say. Really bad, like Mackenzie. Yeah, she goes out. Yeah. she'll talk to people. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, you can only do so much as a as a politician, and you might get too involved with some of this bureaucratic stuff. But you're at least talking to people. They see your face. They're in, interacting with you. Yeah, that I think that's a that's a problem. And and the whole pandemic thing. Look, I think. Some of these guys were probably damned if they do, damned if they don't. If you miscall it and a bunch of people die, you're in trouble. If you miscall it and you think a bunch of people wouldn't have died, you're in trouble. Listen, and I think the of, leftists the- landed on the side of, uh, you know, wanting hard lockdowns. And then if you look at, at those on the right, like you, it's, you know, okay, we're going to, it's, it's going to be. It's funny, though, because during South by, pre-South by, there was a lot of people on that Recall Adler Facebook group that were mad that Adler wasn't canceling South by. And then those same people are mad about lockdown. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, it is damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I think that after like a month yeah. or so, you could have been like not fighting the governor on some of this reopening stuff. And no, that, clear, like, clearly. You could have, you could have, if you really cared about public public health, you could have been giving that money to small businesses and, and you know, yeah. incentivizing these companies to stay closed and making sure people got paid correctly. And you could have, um, you know, you know these doctors and have relationships with these doctors more so than anybody else any other common person you could have figured out a way to meet with with the council in a way that was safe that was in person you could have done that you could have been like yeah we're meeting outside we're gonna put our masks on but we're gonna meet outside right. yeah there's clearly a they didn't do it there, there's clearly uh you know a there was a kind of almost a stickiness to some of the the lockdown measures that people didn't want to turn loose of and the further people were on the left or they felt their constituency was almost like a badge of honor you know it's a little bit of virtue yeah. But it made, it, it, made, I'll tell you what, though, it little, made me like change the way I vote. It changed yeah. everything about me, man. Because I used to like, listen to like I voted for Sanders in the primary, right? Like I would have probably voted for him if he had gotten the nomination right. and we didn't have all this COVID stuff. I probably would have voted for him in no- in November, right? Like without any doubts, I probably would have voted for him. Um, but after seeing after seeing what I saw now from like a bunch of these people, like members of the Democratic Party, that didn't seem to care at all about like any kind like um helping these small businesses while they're being closed because i could be a small business owner one day right you know what i you know and like um the fact that you know you were just insensitive to people who work for these small companies but you know walmart amazon facebook all these big all these big essential companies companies (laughs) just 
balloon their profit margin. All of a sudden, the people on the left who are supposed to hate this stuff, they're the ones telling us all to stay home, not realizing, or maybe doing it intentionally, making this inequality and this gap even worse. And so it just made me like really turned off to it, you know? Yeah, I think what turned a lot of people off is the picking the winners and losers. It's You can understand the justification people use to do it, but it doesn't mean it's well with people when they feel like a you know, official is deciding that one 100 person gathering is somehow essential and the other 100 person gathering is non-essential. It, it just rubs people the wrong way. And uh, especially when you're not yeah. affected by this at all. Yeah. You know, if Adler said, I mean, he already doesn't take a salary, but if Adler said, hey, man, in the while this is happening, um, not only will I not take a salary, but the entire city council is going to forfeit their salary until we get this thing situated. And also but the people that I've hired and my staff also have to abandon their salary. Then I guarantee you they would have done a lot more to um, get us to reopen safely quicker. Yeah, I'm curious about the American Rescue Plan <laughs> and um, how much money will be derived towards businesses compared to the homeless. Because I, I know that that's what they're talking about right yeah, now as exactly. we speak. So when you're not giving it to the, the spots that you that couldn't operate Shut for like a year or whatever the time frame was, you're creating more homelessness. Like it, it just seems it doesn't it doesn't make sense. At the way all. in which this is happening at all. It just makes no sense to me. I'm, I, and that's why like, I want to talk to these other people and yes. ask their perspective because right. it's just creating more vitriol, more anti-homelessness. It's making me less likely to want to like, right. help a homeless person in need. I had a home, these two homeless guys, they, they, like, I have this 86 El Camino, and they, like, they always like, talk about how much they like my car. And right. Stuff, right. And these two guys were talking about my car for like a minute, and they were cool. They were nice. And like, after a while, I was like, not, I wasn't really going to give them any money, but I had like two bucks. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you guys each want a dollar? They gave it to them, right? And I'm just like, it's got to be, it's presentation. Like, with, with just the fact that, like, they were talking about my car and complimenting my car and they didn't ask me for anything. I just gave them a dollar. Right, right? But then when you right. have, like, swords of people from all over the country or all over the state coming here or all over the Southwest, which is really what it is because mm-hmm. we're the only city in the Southwest that allows this stuff. Right. Um, uh, that's a you get a lot of greed. You got you get people that are a lot more aggressive and just be like, "Give me money." You know right. what I mean? And, and the like, city council will dispute the numbers and say they didn't all come from, they came from the woods. But uh, it, it, you, you're defying logic if you don't if you think all of these people came from the woods. Number one. Number two. San Antonio was able to do their point in time count with the pandemic. Yeah. Co- coincidentally, they did not want to do a point in time count. I believe because it would have shown how it much it ballooned. Uh, since in just two years, um, you know, the, the numbers are it started. Yeah, yeah. So what's up with the count? That's the thing, too, right? They didn't release the count yet. Or when are they going to release it? Or what's what's the deal with all that? They didn't have a point in time count because of the p- pandemic. So we're they're They're going to do some other type of study that will show that will reflect how many numbers they estimate are here. But the actual where every, they have volunteers and they go all over Austin at the exact well, you're same not time. Get an accurate count because of the virus, though. Yeah, but San Antonio did it. San Antonio did it during a pandemic, but, but they the didn't numbers, have a proper election. Do you think the numbers would be accurate, though? Because you'll see a lot of people that are not going to show up and go out, and you're right. going to see a lot less volunteers. Yeah, they have. Like, you're not, I don't think you're going to get I'm an sure accurate count anyway. No, I, I think the, these are people that are statisticians, that they, they have a science to this, and they're able to estimate, right? I mean, I'm not going to dispute well, the I, numbers, but the fact that they didn't do it because of the pandemic, I do not believe that. You know, I believe they did it because they didn't want to show how much uh, increase it happened in just two years. Well, the numbers I've heard that say it's not just people moving in. These are not numbers from, from you know, right-wing groups. These are just numbers that are, like, from Echo or from uh, people who basically were opposed to Prop B is that 80% of the people are, quote, from Texas. My view is when you have to use a qualifier like from Texas, Texas. that kind of tells me what I need to know. If you were, if you wanted to tell me that 90% were from Austin, you'd say Austin, but they can't. They don't say that. They say 80% from Texas. Meaning that they're traveling from other parts of the state. Well, I mean, this is a big state, right? We got other cities are bussing them. You know, you got. So you you just start asking yourself, okay, (laughs) this is. You can't get anywhere, folks, if you can't understand where people are coming from, why they're coming here. So there's a narrative that people want to avoid, which is if you provide a situation that's attractive they're going to come to it so somehow we're supposed to believe that homeless people are all very nice rational people who just need a little help in life some are they're too stupid yeah but they're apparently too stupid to know a good deal when they see one that's ridiculous they do know a good deal when they see one and citizens is another area where you can continue to 
to you know skirt the issue but citizens are going to eventually get tired of it and they're going to force you to tell them the truth yeah do you think that um a reason why like um things are so divided or the reason why the council does what they're doing is because they're just talking into an echo chamber and do you also think that maybe a reason for that is because people like you or us um don't really you know we'll say what we want to say and we'll show that we're angry on like social media but when it comes time to like coming up with solutions the only people that show up to come up with the solutions are people that are like the Pro homeless crowd of the mm -hmm. advocacy groups, like well, so. Then I doesn't that facilitate I, no, more of an echo chamber? I, I, that, that's my no, question. Right? Yeah, I know it's a question, but I don't think they they didn't have a solution either. No one can say that when they lifted the ban, that was a solution. It made everything worse for everyone. Um, I think it's anti-homeless to allow them to be that the way I, that they I agree. are. I agree. So. Uh, I do believe that voting, people would say Prop B is not an, a solution, but in the ordinance, it states, you know, the city will find camp locations. Like, it can't be any clearer. And that's what exactly what's happening now. No. Well, I know that I'm saying, like, going, this was for, a going, catalyst. going forward, though, I think that it would be a really good thing for a lot more of a diverse group of people to actually be directly right. involved in what happens with the homeless when it comes to dealing with solutions so that the solutions at play don't just come from advocacy groups. They come right. from everybody, and we all agree on something that could work. Right. My take. And what I, what I find interesting is that Community First, you know, it's a nationally recognized as an excellent place that has su supported homeless and, and helping homeless. And they chose not to have an opinion about Prop B, you know, and uh, other uh, places like that. that However, in Haven for Hope or in Houston, they have camping bans. You know, you have to have a way to compel people to seek services. You cannot have, with reckless abandon, everywhere you can do whatever you want, whenever. That can't happen. My friend has a charity called Serve Inspire where they give um, toiletries and job training to homeless people. Oh. And they, like, do, um, they, they give food every, every Thanksgiving. It's called, like, Blake's Plate. Oh. So the thing is called, like, Serve Inspire. It's on Instagram and Twitter. I think it's on Instagram. Um, and the guy's name is like Blake Anthony Carter, but you should you should connect with him and, and um, talk to him because he was telling me about how frustrated he is in terms of the fact that the city doesn't respond to him in any capacity when he tries wow. to talk to them. So about the need or, yeah, or yeah, how to or help or about what he's doing. I mean, that's yeah. what he tells me. Maybe I'm not. No, I no. There was a mo uh, the chamber. What, I think it was the chamber, the Austin Chamber of Commerce. They came up with this big solution, and also this woman's uh, Christian group who has where they they want to buy land and put tiny homes. The city council will not return calls. And tiny I, homes are great. That's what we should. That sounds awesome. I, I don't understand that. I think that the we, we I you know hey look, you, you'll have to figure out why they don't respond to your, yourself. <laughs> but I, I'll give you my nickel on it. I think that that if you look at what housing first is, it it not only is it the you know kind of the standard policy for the city. It, I mean, there, there's good reason to to learn about housing first. Actually, if you don't know about housing first, you should actually educate yourself on housing first. Um, but what I believe happens is because it is basically a national policy and because it is at some level backed by, I say at some level backed by data, I'm not being facetious, but as a person who has a science, you know, career that you have to be careful when people say, oh, it's, it's backed by the data. The data is a is there is no and the this data. Is the reality. So yeah. there is no the data. But 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 housing first, it, there is a coherent strategy that it represents and that's what the city is interested in and if you there's an article on vox that basically says why is housing first failing and the, you, you can read the article but the, the boil down of it is housing first the it, it's, it's a very simple proposition it says that if you uh, offer a person a house with absolutely no strings attached with no expectation of performance not now, not ever, they'll take it, and you'll end homelessness. It's really shocking, right? Wow. Yeah, that's... So, I mean, that, that's what Housing First fundamentally is. And so the, the reason it's, quote, failing in all these cities who've adopted it, because that is the stated policy of almost every major city that's having problems, is because they're putting restrictions. They actually expect people to follow some rules. And once you do that, you don't house. So when you look at places like Community First and other places where they're proposing to do the tiny homes, Everybody can get behind that because in their head they think, okay, that's great because they're going to help these people get on their feet. And, they, and you can help some people like that, and, and I'm 100% for supporting that, absolutely. But it won't pass muster with the city or the activist crowd because it doesn't deal with the non-compliant very well. Those places have rules. 
And you have to believe one of two things. Either you believe that there's just not very many non-compliant people out there, and hence the problem is tiny. If you don't deal with them, the city can or take care of them. they think it's just like a right-wing talking point or something. A lot of these guys are right I think it's. Too. I think it's. I don't agree. I don't think that, that that's the case, but I think that that might be the, that might be the um, I, I response, think it's, right? I kind of think there's – I think that there's probably – a complex set of reasons, one of which is I think some of the people do actually know that there's a, a much larger percentage of the population in the homeless community that tend towards noncompliance when you say you have to follow rules, then they want to have a discussion with the public about. And those people are very difficult to house because the minute you say, I'm going to put my foot on you and you're going to have to follow a rule, it's like, well, you can keep your house. I'm hitting the streets. And so... I can understand why the city doesn't want to get involved with any of these other efforts because it doesn't fit the pedagogy of housing first, which is the stated policy, and they're not going to want to be distracted from that policy. Yeah, you also got people that get housing and still go beg and panhandle and hang out in the camps afterwards. Well, that's true. Um, although, you know, Community First is kind of interesting. Last time we were there, it's been a while. They, they didn't really make any uh, – they acknowledged that the people who live there uh, – can panhandle. I mean, I think they even have a transportation to get them to town. But you know, I'm. This is where I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a centrist. I'm actually not. It doesn't totally, you know, make me worried that people want to are going to panhandle. I mean, there's you got to find realistic, you know, avenues to, you know, to solutions. And so, if a person comes and panhandles and doesn't cause problems, it's not aggressive, it's not threatening, Whatever. and they go pay think, some yeah. money to Community First as part of their rent, and that's the life they can sustain, I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, I'm fine with it. Hey, Let's, there's plenty of people that's that a hell of a lot better than cool. what we yeah. got. Yeah, that, I'm not, I'm not, Way I'm not what we got. that. Anyway, I think yeah. we've probably gone for about an hour, so. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, before we wrap up, how do we get a hold of you, and just um, briefly, what's the plan for the future in terms of, like, Save Austin Now, and how are you going to continue getting involved to, like, um, push the city in terms of adopting, like, realistic and compassionate solutions to yes. help these people, you know? Uh, well, yes, please go to our website, Save Austin Now. Um, we're, we, we're, we're also Save Austin Now PAC, but we're back to being Save Austin Now, which is an education uh, website to, to inform you of our whatever we're doing next. Um, and also, I'm at Dallas Latina. And then I'm not involved. <laughs> I'm just the third wheel. Here's the brains behind the operation. I'm, I'm, right, right. I'm attractive like third it. wheel. You're, you're doing great, thank you man. for oh, thank you for what you do. I think it's very valuable. Yeah, of course. And I really I re I know that you want to hear it from every side of it, and you are very respectful with everybody. I really appreciate. Yeah, I that. do my best, right? Um, I do my best to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, how do we get a hold of you? What's your Twitter handle? Because I know you got a um at Dallas uh, at Latina. Dallas yes. All right. Anyway, uh, Cleo Petrasek and Shay Patrice. Shay Patrice. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for coming on. Later.